Gamers that see the course for the culture. This is your host as always, Mr. Elliot Barr, and is joining me as a man that is going to be using all the promotional art going forward for the last six games of the season is Mr. Matt Myers. How are you doing, sir? Also, I like the haircut. Looking nice. I guess it's been a little while. Uh, <laughs> my voice is still shot. You know, I, you know, took in a, you know a healthy, healthy dose of a ninety-fourth minute smoke on a Saturday night. Uh, totally worth it, though. You know, wouldn't change a thing. You know, might you know got some clothes that you know, didn't get the full Braden Troyer effect on them, but definitely will have long-lasting you know red remnants. But uh, like I said, wouldn't change it. So is it fair to say that Hernan Hernan is like? now your favorite player or you're at least his favorite friend because he jumped into your arms like it was like a Fabio like movie. I mean who wouldn't want to who wouldn't want to jump in my arms? <laughs> this is so okay. true. You're a very huggable person. I mean somebody had to be there to catch him. Yeah hey hey you are absolutely right. You're absolutely right. I was not there to do my job. But also when I go on date nights, we win. Maybe I need to go on more date nights. <laughs> yeah, it's been nice knowing you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. <sure. laughs> also joining us, us is the guy that played all the drums in Section O, but still has the best hair on this podcast because it's probably all the best. It's Mr. Shanir Debrand the second. How are you doing, bud? Hey, I'm doing great. Uh, unfortunately, I wasn't at the game, but I was wilding out on my couch at the 94th minute. I so I have to ask, who, who went off more? You, Benny, or uh, the dog? And how pissed off was Courtney at that moment? Okay, well, I wasn't loud because uh, Benny was already asleep, but I, I, I think it's a close call between me and Kuma. <laughs> Kuma started jumping around because he saw me jumping around. He had no idea why, but he was jumping around. <laughs> Humans moving. Let's go. Attack. attack. <laughs> <laughs> um, guys, first of all, let's just start off with it. We got to win. We need to win after uh, last week. <laughs> it feels good to be in a win column no matter how we got it. We got to win. Three points is always positive, right? <laughs> yes. Um. All right. What's your biggest takeaway from this? Well, we're going to talk about the match and how kind of things broke down. But what is your biggest takeaway from this game moving forward with six games left to go? All right. They found a way to get a win. That has to be the biggest takeaway. That game was all but a must win. Uh, you know, six games left. You know, still, you know. What is it? Technically, two points out of a playoff spot right now, but you know, don't get a win. Four points out, six to go. That becomes a lot, lot tougher. You know, so they kept you know head above water. They found a way to you know fight through to you know scrap in, get a win at you know almost the very last second. Uh, you know, it would have been easy to you know kind of close up shop. Say, all right, well, got a point at least. We'll make sure you know, you put your head that way. But one point wasn't going to do us any good. So. You know, I don't care how it gets done the rest of the way. Keep finding a way to you know, get the three points, and yeah, things will take care of themselves. Yeah, yeah. What about you, Shiner? 
Um, uh, much of the same for me. It's just the biggest takeaway for me is there's still some fight. Um, this the this performance, even though you know it wasn't the greatest performance, but they they showed that they were taking it to Toronto. They 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 fed off of you know being at home and that by you know by any means necessary we're gonna try and get something out of this game and and like like matt said there there wasn't that familiar shut up shop with five minutes left and say all right well we'll just take the point and we'll just close everything down um they they kept trying they kept going they kept trying they kept trying to figure out what was going to work and i mean it, it was Oh, it was a it, <laughs> it was a bit of an emotional roller coaster, but uh, but yeah, my biggest takeaway is they still have fight, and there's still fight in these guys, and and I'm I'm really happy about that. Yeah, I, I think one of my biggest takeaways is a player that you know I've got on his face a little bit this year is Neil Vignos. He I don't know what it is about when he plays Toronto, but he turns into like prime like Xavi. Like a lot of the passes he had were games he didn't look lethargic on the ball. He looked like, you know, the creative midfielder that we actually brought. And he well, he had a danger free kick chance. He set up a chance for Tzaga early on. You know, it was there any player in the game that stood out to y'all as the guy that, you know, oh snap. He's came to play today. I, mean, I think a lot of them came to play. I thought Calvo had one of his better games, you know, of the season. He was uh, especially getting forward. He was a lot more involved, I thought, than he had been you know, previously. So, uh, you know, I was impressed there. Again, you know, maybe he didn't. He knew Elliot wasn't there, so he could be able to, you know, feel a little more comfortable in the stands uh, <laughs> with everything. So, uh, but yeah, I thought he played well. I thought. Uh, you know, you know, so it's the same team that played, you know, it's last week, you know, to start off with, but you know, the significant change was he moved Boldick in the middle and Ethan Bryant out wide, which I was kind of surprised at at first because we haven't seen Bryant play out on the wing. Uh, and he was fine out there, but I thought Boldick, you know, was a lot more effective inside. Uh, so I mean, we're running into that, you know, problem, if you want to call it that, of more of our guys are, you know, more effective at that inside position and, you know, that right wing position is. I don't want to say it's a problem spot, but we haven't had anybody that can really grab it and thrive. It's a yeah, wasteland right here. now, to be honest with you. Kind of like a wasteland. I'm not willing to go that far on it. Like, you know, there's still some stuff happening out there, but you know, it's not like Bolaños where he has just put a lockdown on the left winger role. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Like we have, like you're saying, like we have a lot of players that are great inside. We don't have anyone that thrives at that right winger spot. You know, he's either like we put a striker there, like Olex, and he's kind of like a striker, or you're putting a midfielder at that weaker spot, and it's not, you know, it's not the same. You know, I think that's been probably the poorest position overall for us this year. Yeah, I feel that that that's the case in a lot of um, in a lot of situations and with a lot of teams. Um, when you look at some of the better wingers around, you know, around the game. Most of them are left wingers. <laughs> um, 
the only one I can think of off the the only two I can think of off the top of my head are Sancho and Salah. I mean, for the most part, you I think it's that that the the appeal of being able to cut inside and 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 create something in the middle with your right foot. I guess since most players are right footed, but you you do find that right wingers like natural that's my position that's what i do all day long right wingers are very hard to find so and i think i mean the kickers were it's it's basically an image of, of what's going on in the game right now that's very hard to find so we're, we're struggling with that situation too so we're literally taking anyone who can survive on that wing and just putting them there olex Boldo, um and like this saturday this past saturday bryant Also, another player that kind of impressed me was uh, Zaka. He did a very good job. I mean, you can tell the difference in this game versus the first Toronto game where we didn't have anyone that could put out fires in the midfield, and Zaka did a very good job of that. You know, for those who don't remember, the first game we were out with Tizagi, Zaka, Hernan, Olex, Ivan, and Calvo, correct? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in this game, all of those guys essentially were on the field tonight, and all the guys essentially made the difference, especially Zaka. Like, I, I think he did a great job of just controlling the midfield. I know they had a lot of passes in the on half. We didn't have a lot of passes in their opposition. But it's something that we haven't seen out of the kickers a lot of this year is they took their time on the ball. Like, I didn't – granted, there were moments where they were rushing, but they didn't feel as if they were just passing the ball just to try to get up as quick as they can and then lose possession. They were kind of a little bit more patient. Matching, well, did you guys see anything different or – well, I mean, in the second half, first half was a lot of the same. Yeah. You know, still had a couple of good chances that kind of came out of that because, like you said, you know, Neil able to, you know, spring Emmy, you know, got a shot saved, uh, you know, a couple other little quick strike things that we see all year long. But yeah, second half, I think it was a combination of the urgency. You know, I was kind of surprised Toronto didn't try to push forward more because a draw wouldn't have done them any good either, but they didn't seem too pressed by needing to get a win. For some reason, I don't know. That's weird, uh, but yeah. whatever. We'll take it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the second half a lot more fluid. You know, using you know using the you know flanks a little more consistently. You know, some uh, more you know connecting balls. Like there, I mean, there were still plenty of times where we got the default and you know, diagonal ball over the top. Let Bolanius try to run onto it. He gets caught offside three or four times. You know, it's not it's not like that. That got erased out of the system <laughs> by any means, nah. uh, but. You know, we had far more of the ball than you know, we're used to in a long time. Yeah, I, most definitely. Very true about that. Um, it's kind of weird because, I mean, I could have watched this game live. I went back and watched the game. But my initial reaction to getting, like, the football alerts and seeing, like, you know, we had 50, 58% possession. I'm like, who is this team? What are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> this, this doesn't look real. What's your thoughts in there? Um, it, it was different, and um, especially after I know I know I wasn't part of the hot take episode last week, but um, we inspired them. <laughs> to be honest with you, I I wouldn't be. It, it, that's what it seems like, because one thing that I was I was noticing with last week's game was when I thought about it, I realized that this team is slipping back into the pre-Bulo era, the, the Lee Kalashaw era of 
you know, vanilla, boring soccer, maybe popping a goal and hunker down. No shots allowed from outside the 18. I mean, and, and it, it felt like, okay, did we go backwards? And, and this game was, it, it, it's like the, the team woke up and was like, okay, that's not who we are. And that's not who the Richmond kickers are anymore. And they, they really showed, I mean, the first half, like you said, Matt, it was a little touch and go, but they really changed it up in the second half. They really, really, really turned it on um, and, and looked like a completely different team. Let's take a moment. Let's uh, talk about the second half. Oh, what were you going to say, Matt? My fault. I was going to say, I was just pulling up you know, some of the you know, stats. Uh, so I think it might be a little overstated how different you know, it was. You know, so the passes, you know, 314 accurate passes, still 215 of them were in our own half. Oh, yeah. No, 100%. Yeah. Like I said, there were a lot of passes yeah. in our own half. Right. It's like it's well, different where we're like, how can I explain it? Still, seventy-one long balls in the game. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, you're gonna have long balls. I, I don't right. know. Maybe just seeing that kind of possession from the kickers, where we're actually winning possession, which we haven't seen in a long time. You're kind of just like, oh, this is different. Like you know, yeah, I mean, I think, I, think the, I think the part to be encouraged by was, you know, the shots they were, you know, taking. You know, shots. Yeah, some of them missed, whatever, big deal. You know, but they weren't afraid to let it rip. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, let, let's let's not well, like I was gonna say, let's, let's talk about the second half versus last week when we saw against Revs too, where it was just a cottage catastrophic second half. This week, well, you can see from Revs' reaction, it seemed very inspired. It seemed like this team was up for it. And you have to think, like is this a part of the kickers being at home or do you think it was just, I mean, just against a different opponent and the natural talent of the kickers actually showed in this game? I think it could be a combination of things. You know, I think you know, part of it was, it's obviously going to look different than the last game because a home B had the full team, you know, available, uh, you know, see, you know, the situation, Right. You know, a month, month and a half ago, whenever that last one was, I mean, we were still far enough out that, you know, any result, you know, could have been fine. In this game, it wasn't the case. So you, you can go out there first half, you know, play cautious, you know, make sure that you don't take yourself a hole. You know, the second half came along. And there's no chance that Darren didn't let them know that we have to get three. You know, it's not a question. You know, we'll roll the dice if, if it burns us, it burns us. But you got to go get the three. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, the thing for me was, isn't that how it should have been? Like literally every game this season. I mean, and that's 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 what was promised to us. I mean, you alluded to that uh, last last week, Matt. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what was promised to us. And yeah, uh, I don't disagree with that. But I think there's you know a difference in mentality when you know that okay, it would be nice to win, you know, versus. We absolutely need to win, and we are at, we are screwed if we don't win. You know, play, the guys aren't dumb on the team. They know, you know, when, you know, that, yes, technically in the grand scheme of things, you know, game three or game four of the season matters just as much as game 22. You know, but psychologically, you know, you know, you know game 22 is you know, more of a do-or-die type of scenario where you don't have that wiggle room anymore, and 
you have to you push a lot harder you know, to get it done. Yeah. There's no more at this point now. There's no more of playing it close to your chest, you know, because we're not secured in a playoff spot. If we are, you know, you play it a little bit different. You play it different based on where you're at. Like Chattanooga, I mean, if they lock up the number one seed, probably aren't for the rest of the season, the next five games aren't going to go out of their way to go win a game. You might see a little bit more rotation versus Richmond that has to, you know, get in. They're going to, it's full-blown all-out attack. No, more or less, if they're not already leading in the game, right? And, and you know, it's a Chattanooga. You know, with a you know, full you know couple of weeks coming up, and them or in Omaha can have you know, the luxury of being able to rotate players. Now, we don't have that luxury. You know, Darren, you know, pretty much has to you know go best available each game and just hope that the guys' legs don't fall off. Yeah, yeah, right. that's what it's going to be, man. That's what it's going to be. Um. I, also, I want to give a shout out Akira Fitzgerald, man. I don't know how he keeps doing it. Every week there is a save that I sit there and I'm like, there is no good God way he should be saving this, man. The one he had, what he had, one of the 80th minute, one of the 86th minute. Like, and these aren't. I, I want to say they're point blank range, but they're you know very like quick come, oncoming balls where if you're off by like a millisecond. That ball's at the back of the net, you know. I mean, yeah, uh, with, with with Akira, one thing I, I have noticed is that, especially with with in comparison to some of the other top keepers in the league, you see a lot of the the Superman dive saves, not with Akira, and and that shows a different class of keeper who has the awareness and the knowledge of where to position himself so he doesn't have to stretch his body he doesn't have to throw himself across the goal to make a save because he's positioning himself so well he still has those reflexes and you see them and especially like in this game those two saves that he made that 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 you've uh, alluded to he he didn't have to move that far off of where he was because his positioning was perfect and then on top of that those reflexes were insane um, I think, yeah, uh, Akira is top of the league in clean sheets. Yeah, uh, and and saves per game. Uh, he's he's really shown a consistency ever since he put on the kicker shirt. He first put on a kicker shirt. He's shown a serious consistency in his performance, and it's 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 commendable. Yeah. It very much is, man. Much is, and yeah, he definitely more than likely saved the team. Right now, he's the lead with clean eight. How many teams do you think gets by the end of this year? Right, you six games left. You play Chattanooga, Omaha, North Texas, four twice in SC Tucson. How many clean sheets do you think occur for Gerald finish the year out with? I think he might be able to hit the double digits. He might get to 10. Uh, I think we'll probably get two more. I mean, the, the danger is that one of them could be a 0-0 zero, zero draw. Which... <laughs> <laughs> that's 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 the danger. Blue pill, you get double-digit clean sheets, but it's going to be nil-nil. On the other hand, it's like 
He might not have any more clean sheets, but you might win a bunch of <laughs> Yeah, I mean, in that case, uh, sorry, you know, sacrificing your stat line there, bro. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you got to take one for the team there. <laughs> oh, he, he would say the same thing. Yeah, he's like, I don't, I don't, I don't need to lead in clean sheets. I want to make the playoffs. <laughs> so let's just say, you know, risk the playoffs. Akira does have double-digit clean sheets. Do you think this is the year that you can make the case that Akira is keeper of the year, or do you think he gets shifted again? I mean, I, I think you have to make that. That I mean, most most saves in a game, most clean sheets. What's the argument there? You know what I mean? I mean, most saves just means your defense lets up a lot of shots. I mean, the, the argument against is, you know, new who's only allowed 16 all year. Yeah. You know, the argument is, you know, uh, what's his name? You know, Trillic and, you know, Chattanooga also has really good numbers. You know, and they're on, you know, successful teams. I mean. Yeah, but the, the, the thing is, one thing that is very telling is that the fact that he is he leads in saves per game and leads in clean sheets. Normally, you get the opposite. Normally, a, a goalkeeper on a, on a strong team that gets the most clean sheets will be in the lower tier of saves per game because what helps a goalkeeper get clean sheets is a good defense in front of him. Akira is doing it with a defense that has mental lapses, that has the odd mistake each half that he has to come and save them from. And he does it time and time again. So he is not only carrying that clean sheet record, he is he, he's, he's not only carrying the team, he is the sole, not, probably not the sole reason, but the main reason why we have that many clean sheets. Yeah. So that, that, is, a, a, that is a big sign. Oh, well, just to give you a little put nah. of reference. So 2019, Akira had nine clean sheets. No, not that year, ended. <laughs> and last yeah. year, Akira had three. So he's almost at where he's, you know, he's kind of at that point. Um, the record, if you want to take it as a record, is 14 by Dallas Jade in 2019 for most clean sheets in the season. Yeah, and New who's only one behind right now. I can't imagine Omaha's not going to have another clean sheet or two, hopefully not against us. Uh, I, I think it's New who's to lose at the moment. Yeah, because well, let, let's be realistic. You know, end of season awards almost always gravitate towards, you know, teams at the top of the table. Yeah. And usually the keeper that has the most clean sheets win, usually wins. Yeah, or best goals against average, too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that and that 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 kind of goes back to what I was talking about with the clean sheets. It's like when we look when we let them in, the floodgates open. But at the end of the day, the fact that we still have that many clean sheets means that it's it, it a lot of it is resting on Akira's shoulder. So, yeah, I mean, we're, at this point, it's, at this point, no matter how many clean sheets we pull off, it's 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 not the it's not your conventional a whole bunch of clean sheets. Top of the league, you know. Hey, if he, if he ties that record, uh, I will be, you know, first person in his corner to be a keeper of the year, first team all league. 
Yeah. <laughs> and also, we're probably in good shape then. If we don't give up another goal all year. Yeah. Huh. The only thing that is a little concerning about Akira is that his saves per match has gone up each year. So under 2019, 2.8, 26 years played. Last year, obviously, you know, we, it was a short season, but um, it was 3.1. And then this year, it is uh, almost 3.3. So, yeah, this year, all together, he has 70 total saves. 2020, he had 50. 2019, he had 73. So he's kind of like on par, but the amount of shots he's seen per match is slowly climbing up. Is that a worrying sign to you guys? Or are you guys like, nah, it's just the way how the defense is? Well, I mean, it's, it's the way it is at this point. It's not going to change with six games left. But uh, I, mean, I, I prefer the uh, you know the, the more uh, spectator version of Akira Fitzgerald, if possible. That's very true. Very true. Um, and the other person that kind of shined in this game, of course, Mr. Emiliano Trezaghi. He scores his 13th goal of the year, leads the Golden Boot race. Guys, same kind of question as we have for Kiro. Where do you think he finished in the Golden Boot race this year? How many goals do you think he finishes out with this year? Uh, um, I'll put him. I'll put him up there at 16. 16. So, okay. Yeah, yeah 16 17 for me. Yeah. Yeah, because if you look at the course of the year, he's been going through, you know, hot spells, right? Mm-hmm. Started off the year kind of slow, you know, then, you know, started to tear it up for a while, had another couple games where, you know, not much happened for him and the rest of the team, to be totally honest. Uh, so hopefully this is, you know, the start of another, you know, hot streak. He'll you know, be able to pick up, you know, three, four more goals. The rest of the way again the the bigger eternal question is who's going to help him you know fill in the gaps when it's not just him scoring him you know Bologna just looks like he might be turning a corner you know with that but you know, even then you know you might want to have a third option available sure very true well i mean who do you guys think i mean of course Bologna's is the second leading scorer of this team and like we have matt talked about last week he's the one that probably has the biggest jump into this year, but who do you think might be that third option? For me personally, I would love it to really feel. I would love to see him get three, two, two to three more assists uh, in this six-game stretch. Um, maybe Ethan Bryant, he can help out a little bit more. What do you guys? Um, I think I think with Ethan Bryant, you're going to get a lot more um, ML. What? I'm not sure if TSS coined the phrase, but MLS assists, you know, assist of the assist because of, of, of where he, he, where he sits on, on the field and where his positioning is, he's further back. He's more at the beginning of a buildup um, or, or, you know, the, the early stage of a buildup. He's the one who starts it off, but it then leads to, you know, you, you would, I would expect Neil to get more, far more assists than, um, than Ethan, but I do see Ethan being involved in a lot of goals. He may not get the direct assist, but he he definitely will be involved involved in 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 a lot of our goals throughout the rest of the season. And if he stays with us, if if we have him next season, the next season as well. Because he 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 just has that he has that desire to 
to split the lines with passes. And that that's extremely dangerous. Um, and and that's that's something we need more of. And then the more he he works at it, the better he'll get at it. So both of y'all are talking about assists. Who's scoring the goals though? If it's not Emmy, so that, that's a, that's the problem. See, I think majority might be Emmy because I think Emmy will hit. I can see him getting 16, 17, You know, somewhere around that. Right, but um, what I'm saying, what I'm saying there is, let's say we're right, he gets sixteen, seventeen. That's three to four goals. We have six games left. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like. Yeah. I, I can we see need, at the very least, we need at the very least two more goals. <laughs> right. So if you take out Emmy, I have faith in Belongings. And then I have a little bit of faith in Olex. Okay. Outside of that, I like a cash 22. Like, so, I, I mean, so for I, me, I, for I, me think, I, I think the X factor you know, moving forward for us, and it's going to might be the determinant of how the season goes is Matt Boldick, you know, because when he is on and playing well, you know, this team can, you know, gets another dimension that they don't have when he's not playing well, you know, it's not always our greatest game, you know, and if we're going to see him, you know, back in the middle, you know, again, you know, we saw earlier, you know, in the season, you know, when uh, Stanley was, you know, in the middle, but even when Matt was in the middle you know, before we had that guy who's, you know, a lot more willing to be, you know, forward driving into the, box into the attack, you know, take those, some of their shots, the attacks have been a lot more fruitful and a lot more effective you know, for us. So I think if Boulder can you know, get himself going, you know, pitch in, you know, a goal or two down the stretch, you know, help to make things happen. I think that's going to be, you know, the potential difference maker between, uh, you know, potentially making the playoffs and being dead in the water. Yeah. yeah I, 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 I agree I, with that. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think one one thing that that is has really hurt us for the past two years is the fact that Emmy has the ability to create something, but also Emmy has the uncanny ability to just be a fox in the box, and we don't really have anyone else who can just get those dirty goals. Who could just just be in the right place and put anything on it? Heck, put a shoulder on it or a ch- or get, score with your gut. Like he has that that ability to just sniff out those opportunities and pounce on them. And we don't really have anybody else who comes anywhere near that level of 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 instinct in the box. I think and, and all of our other all of our other players who can score need to create something so so you look at, at someone like Bolaños he needs to be coming at a defender with pace take a defender on burn a defender then get himself in a position to score um Olex is kind of the same way Matt it it, it kind of needs to be a a, a a set situation not a set piece but a set situation in which it's like this is an intentional pass or an intentional cross to Matt for him to finish or an intentional through ball for him to run on to. And, and like, for example, let's just look at the goal this week. Like Terzaghi, I mean, it was just a scrum in the box. Moran just put the ball in there and he just got something on it and put it in the back of the net. 
So who else can do that? Who else can give me that? And I, I don't I don't really have an answer for that. I, I do love how Emmy, not a tall guy, keeps you know getting these goals off of corners. So, I know, okay, right? <laughs> okay. So I'm glad we talked about it because we can talk about this right now. I went back and looked at this goal maybe like six, seven times. I don't think Emmy got to it at all. Like, I really think this is Zaka's goal. And I think Emmy influenced the play. And I think the goalkeeper reacted to Emmy and thus how the ball goes in. But I don't so I, see it. I thought, it, I thought Emmy headed it. And I think it might have really been like an. An own goal when I'm off, you know, one of their guys. So um, I thought that too at first, but it's like, all right, so I just cut like clicking to, like, to slow it down. So when the ball comes, it's like Emmy turns his head, but at the moment where I stopped it, the ball isn't close enough to Emmy's head. Cause the way how it, how Emmy's heading it, that ball shouldn't go down. It should go like, I don't know, it's weird, it's right, but it's like headed, you get a pink ball. Headed, ball? Flicked it on downwards. Yeah, but you, you, can't, you can't use you know, still screens because if you look, look at it, it's just a still screen of anything. It looks like nobody ever gets fouled. It looks like you know nothing ever happens. Or some, or or, a, or something, yeah, or I, someone looks like they got fouled when they didn't. <laughs> no, but I'm just saying, like, because I really was trying to see, like, you know, because I, I thought he headed it down, but it didn't look like it. Because usually when you head the ball, you don't have it's like that ripple effect, like. That ball changes direction, and that ball never changed direction. It just kept going down, and maybe it was an old goal, and someone just kicked it into the back. I don't know. It, I mean, it, I, I, I'll let Ibby take it, but I don't know if it's his. Yeah, it looks. You know, it looked to me the times I watched it, he headed it down, that you know it was going towards goal. I mean, something happened in there. I don't know. If there was another touch, or there wasn't an, another touch, what was going on? But it cleared the ball. I mean, who cares? Because the ball found its way in. It did. It did. And that's we have the glorious uh, <laughs> celebrations where they're running full steam into your arms. Yeah, here's the last one of the pile. <laughs> oh yeah, no, they 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 came in. I I from from um watching it from home. Um, you couldn't really see too much of what happened there because, because they turned the lights off. Yeah, because they cut the lights <laughs> off and they have that flash, those flashing red lights. Uh, when uh, sorry when for anyone that has like, epilepsy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, so what, what happens is you know, Emmy and Olex, you know, come over, you know, come over, you know, they you know, try to you know, jump up, don't really you know, do that well. I can't remember, you know. Who was able to you know, grab them? Most of the rest of the team, you know, kind of, you know, comes over like you know, half jumps up and everything. You know, and it, it was a big pile. Like you know, it's been a it's been a while since you know there was a big celebration like that. I mean, obviously not last year because you know hardcore COVID and everything. Yeah. You know, nineteen there wasn't lightweight COVID. Now. Right? <laughs> you what? It's lightweight COVID now. We we dropped the weight class. Yeah, 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 lightweight COVID. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a real thing, you know. Okay, Bradley Beal, Kyrie, you know, it's real. Get your shot. Uh, not the point. <laughs> I love you for that. I love you for that. <laughs> yeah, uh, but, yeah, you know, you know, they all come over, you know, everybody's, you know, kind of grabbing on to each other, you know, it's just one big 
mush, uh, you know, you know, Oleg gets, uh, you know, red army hat, you know, put on him. I think he's, you know, wearing it like halfway back, you know, you know, to the midfield either before he realized he even you know, had a hat on him at that point or before he took it off. It, it was a good time. Uh, you know, the crowd overall, you know, was into it. So, uh, you know, all the, you know, Granted, you can never really tell what's going on in the rest of the stadium when you're in, you know, section O. But you kind of looked over and you could actually see, you know, people like you clapping around with the, you know, Richmond kickers, you know, chant and everything, you know, not like one section over, like actually like to midfield and beyond. Yeah. So the library got loud. Oh, that's cute. That's adorable. Yeah, amazing what an you know exciting finish can do for the crowd. Yeah. Probably need more of that. Um, I mean, I, I mean, I can do without the the nine two minutes of uh, frustration leading up to it. Yeah, that's a risk with that. You gotta, you gotta take it. You gotta yeah, take it this one. that's 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 it. Comes with the territory. Oh, I'm used to it. Doesn't mean I want it. <laughs> it's built into the DNA. Of, I guarantee you, ask kickers fans. Nine, ask ten kickers fans. Nine of us are going to be like. It's hard, but it's worth it. <laughs> like we're gonna yeah. express it in some kind of way. Like it's not easy, but it's worth it. <laughs> it definitely is. I mean, and and I think that's that's how everyone feels. Like a, anyone who really loves their 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 soccer team, their 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 soccer club, their football club. They, it's it's one of those things that even if you're I mean, it it you you kind of saw some of it, and and I know a lot of people. It, it's 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 a tough watch, but the Sunderland Till I Die series on Netflix. Well, I awesome. mean, you, huh? That was a great watch. Yeah, no, no, it was a good watch, but after a while, you just start to feel bad. But then you look and you see that through all of this, those fans still want to go see that team play. They still what I need to know to about. What I need to know about that documentary is how it plays when you don't know what's going to happen. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I I can feel that there are probably a lot of people that that's how they watched it because they probably just came across it on Netflix and were like, hmm, what's this? And probably have never watched a Premier League game ever, ever in their, or a championship ever in their life or something. (laughs) I don't know. You'll get a few. All, all, All the people I know, you know, soccer fans. You know, so I don't have, you know, like that perspective on it because, you know, yeah, you might see where it's going to season one, but you think season two, all right, this is going to be the turnaround and not, you know, Crater 2.0. Season two <laughs> was just epic. I swear, season two is the funniest thing I've ever watched because they really believe, like, oh, we're going off. And I yeah. think it's around, like, season, midway through season two, you can tell it's an epic failure. And the camera crew is like, keep rolling. Yeah, <laughs> but they had techno music on the way out then. Oh gosh! Oh god! Oh, oh my god! For those who have never, if you, uh, and promise you, if you never watch Sunday Until I Die, and you need a laugh, just watch episode two. Just watch episode two of season two. You will die laughing. I guarantee you. It is I, hilarious. I, to, to be honest with you, I, I. I think I got more out of Sunderland till I die than the Tottenham All or Nothing. Like it, it, it. <laughs> yeah. those documentaries aren't good when they're with good teams or good players. 
because like oh well, what are you, you going to learn that's 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 argue that's arguable with the with the Tottenham uh, <laughs> all or nothing because I mean that was a that was a pretty uh, uh, dumpster fire crash at the end anyways as well. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, bring it full bring it full circle though. Let me ask you all this. So, if the kickers you know had a you know documentary, who would you you know, think would be the, you know the three like most main characters, interesting characters on the show? Oh, ooh. all right, Mika first and foremost. I think Mika. <laughs> yes, he would be the star. Mika. Uh, secondly. To be honest with you, I would say Darren. I mean, he does no. have – he I seems don't think like so. the type who has a lot of personality, not because in we, front of the, you, the interview. Because when you think star, you're thinking about someone that wants to be camera. Oh. Yeah. So, me, me, Ika Bolognos, he would be, he would be next. He would, he, would be, he would blow up. And – Oh, what's the other guy? No, Nathan. That runs the team social media accounts. Nathan. <laughs> Those would be my three. Okay, okay. Uh, yeah, I, I think for me, Mika, definitely. Um, Bolaños, in terms of a player, absolutely. Uh, I don't know. I, I have a feeling because we we still we we don't get to see what happens during training. Like there, we we don't get to see the training sessions. But I have a feeling that in training, Monty's probably a riot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, here's, here's <laughs> what I was going to put on the list because he already he already is our poop house king. So I have a feeling that you're a crack. He's probably one of those guys that would draw the camera at almost every training session in the locker room. Yeah, Monty for me is number three. <laughs> okay. All right. So I had I had Monty on my list. And let me tell you all what what the real answers are now. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna cheat on my rules a little bit here. <laughs> so one, you know, I'm fine with Monty being one of them, but you know, maybe he's he, he can get cut if necessary. I think you got the, the Luke and Boldick bromance storyline. <laughs> so you actually doing storylines in this. Oh my God. Right <laughs> on scripts. What kind of documentary doesn't have a storyline? <laughs> okay. All right, so, all right. So we got the bromance. What you got at number two? Yeah. Well, look, and look, let's be real. I don't think Luke's going to be shy around the camera. Oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah. So you got that going. I, I think you play into you know the Argentine connection and you know the the Emmy you know kind of you know, family element in there because what kind of you know, producer isn't going to you know, love the gold that is his daughter? Like, you know she's got to be you know cutest kids like unofficial team mascot. <laughs> well, that is such a good point. Because you know, and they got you know that little Argentine community because you always see them you know with the uh, you know you know you know Zaka you know and. You know, his wife there, you know, you follow the social media, they're always all together. So I think that could be a really interesting, you know, element of, you know, settling in, you know, a new country, new, new culture. You know, 
I think you know you get them to open up, especially if you can you just plot, you know plaster subtitles on them and not have to have them speak English. <laughs> I get a lot more out of them. Yes. Right. All right. All right, I'm liking it so far. I'm liking it so far. We we got we got a good six episodes right now. Yeah, and then here here you go. Yeah, you know, I I think who's the guy who's going to probably love the camera, you know, more than anyone else? It's the guy hosting this podcast, Elliot Barr. <laughs> we, got, we got the guy who, who gets himself oh engaged at on the at halftime of a game on the field. We got a you know a guy who you know you know. Is not afraid of you know the attention. Who starts himself up? You know, a podcast. You watch all those documentaries. They always get the fan you know perspective, you know, in there. You know, you know full well. You know, you know, out of any of us three, you're you know the most outgoing. You're the one that's you know going to be excited about it. Not me. <laughs> oh my god, yo! I, and I'm not there. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you might you might have to clean up the personal Twitter of yours a little bit before uh, you know you get the you know big public run on that. Yeah, anything, but yeah, you know, um, the character development there <laughs> that would be hilarious. That would be hilarious. You got to think about community, yeah. Oh, uh, right, there you go. I, I like it. We got a good, so, solid eight episodes. Like That's it. a good, solid season right there. Exactly. Exactly. I know what you I'm doing what? here. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, I, I like also, it. of course, you like it. I just put you on camera. <laughs> oh goodness. Oh man. Yo, we might have to make this an old separate segment of the show. Oh, that's all right. Well, let's go ahead. Let's wrap it up, y'all. Cause uh no, we, we, I, don't we know. Talk here. <laughs> I know. I'm just still laughing at. I, I got this. I got this. So, all right. all right. Next next game coming up Saturday. We got Chattanooga. Look, every game is important at this point. If there's any game that's less important, it's probably you know this one. Maybe a way to Omaha. You know, but still got to probably get po- at least a point out of this yeah. one because if you look at you know the standings right now, you know two points off a playoff spot. It got a game in hand on a couple of teams here and there, but. If you do the math, we're looking at 37 or 38, you know, kind of being uh, the cut line at the moment. So that means at least three wins, maybe three wins in a draw. You know, so there's not a lot of wiggle room. And I say this game is, you know, the, probably one of the least important because you have two Madison, one North Texas. Those are the direct competitors, you know, for one of these playoff spots. So you know, if you got to win three games, you pick those three games because that also denies those teams points. Ultimately, Chattanooga and Omaha are irrelevant to us at this point in terms of the standings. You know, so if you get something off them, great. But if you have to pick a game where you're not getting something, you have to pick those two and, you know, hope that the other results don't completely screw you over, you know, from other teams like they did this weekend. Thanks, Chattanooga. Way to give up a 95th minute, you know, you know, full, full, you know, full field, you know, solo run goal. Appreciate it. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Also, the refs are blind in uh, Union Omaha FC Tucson, but that's a story for a different day. Yeah, oh, yeah. O- o- Omaha, you know, doesn't you know, final plays on not a baseball field and doesn't win at home. Hmm. hmm. Shocking. So, to your point, Matt, if the kickers, the kickers can only afford to lose two games the rest of the year. Looking at the scenarios, if we go two wins, two draws, two losses, 
there's a 17% chance we get in. If we go three wins, one draw, two losses, 76. Four wins, two losses, 99% chance we're in. Now, the most likely scenario, there's only one scenario in which we lose three games, but we have to win three, and there's a 50% chance we get in. So with all that being said, like, I'm pretty sure all of us believe the end goal is to get 10 more points, possibly 11 or 12, secure a playoff spot, be in there, and be dusted. Yeah, minimum nine. Yeah, Minimum nine. Minimum nine. Um, if you get a couple draws here and there that you know, work out in our favor, like I know New England, Madison play a couple more times. If, you know, I, I think you know, there you have to root for either two draws or one team wins twice. And yeah. you know, kind of craters the other team out. Yeah, yeah. So it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting coming down the stretch. Um, I mean, I'm not going to ask questions. But I'm pretty sure all of us, in our heart of hearts, wants to see this team pick up ten more points. I'm not going to ask you guys where do you see these ten points coming from, but do you see any scenario if you if you had to put any amount of money on it? Do you see us winning out? <laughs> Getting no. six straight? <laughs> no. No. Okay. Um, fine. Okay. Yeah. Um, no. No. I think I, think I can get Shanae to buy. Shanae, I can't get you to get five? No. Are you no. saying five in a row or five out of six? Five out of six. No. Still no. <laughs> okay. No. Four. There's a world Maybe. where that happens. I don't yeah. know how likely it is, but it's not out of possibility. So y'all feel more comfortable with three? Yeah. Okay. I think it needs to be three. I, I, to be honest with you, three wins, and if we can out of the out of the other three get at least a draw or two draws, I think we should be safe. Um, so three for wins, me, but what, three wins, two draws, I, and one I, loss is 94.5 percent. Let me take a draw, but I wanted to put that in there. That that's that's automatically. I mean, not automatically, but there's a difference between going. Make sure I say this right. There's a difference in between going three wins, one draw, two losses, which is 76%. Three wins, two draws, one loss goes up to 95. Yeah. Yeah. You get to 39, it's a lot better. Yeah. But uh, one thing I I do, even even in our, our toughest year two years ago, we had the habit. Of I I saw this um, last year and the year before we had the habit of kind of throwing a monkey wrench in the team in the league leaders party. Um. Uh, well, two years ago, North Texas just ran away with it, and and no one no one could touch North Texas. No one, no one could touch. Uh, what was his name? Was the guys? No, that, that the kid. <laughs> On, who was on North yep. Texas? He, huh? They're, they're all kids. Peppy, there you go. <laughs> the, no one could touch Peppy that year, and and he was just he was just lighting up the league. But especially last year with Greenville, Greenville running away with the league, uh, we had the drop on them uh, whenever we faced them. So it's it's not out of the realm of possibility for us this coming Saturday to get a result. Because we we've done it before, and and them being the top of the league hasn't scared us in the past. Uh, the although on the flip side, 
uh, Chattanooga for the past two and a half years has been our banana peel, to be honest with you. Um, they've, they've really given us a hard time and it seems like they, it, it, it all, it's almost like they figured us out at every season. So yeah, um, it, it could go either way, but I, I, I'm, I'm still hopeful, especially after, after, a a, a shocking result like this Saturday, that last minute, last gasp goal can really set the adrenaline level up and and swing the momentum in our favor and if it can do that then we could probably get a result against chattanooga if if they harness that energy harness that momentum and push it into a result against uh chattanooga yeah i mean chattanooga's not infallible by any means you know they've had yeah they got burned this weekend but they've had so many other games where they pulled one out of nowhere in the you know final minutes and all that so you know, they have not been some kind of buzzsaw at the top of the league by any means. They've, you know, you, you can make the argument that you create your own luck, but there's been a lot of uh, good fortune coming their way at the end of games. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, if you ask me right now, you know, can we get a draw? Absolutely, we can get a draw. Can we get a win? Absolutely. Is it going to be tough? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Either way. It's going to be tough. <laughs> Um, guys, before we wrap up, any, I mean, of course, anything else before we wrap up? I don't know why I said it like that, but yeah, anything before we wrap up? I mean, you know, you know, three home games left and get out there, you know, enjoy them, you know, while we can, we got a, you know, Saturday, then a Wednesday game coming up and then, you know, a little break before, you know, the last game of the season. Unfortunately, good chance that it's going to be just those three because, you know, odds are make the playoffs. It's probably going to be an away game at this point. You know, so, you know, I don't care if you got a date night. I don't care if you got, you know, kids, any other kind of nonsense like that. You know, you got got 18 kids out on the field and on the bench, you know, to be able to be out there and support too. (laughs) Get it done. (laughs) Oh, man. All right, let me go start butter up on like the now. Make this happen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's gonna be fun. Anything else from you, Shanir? Um, no, just just like Matt said, come out and support. Um, that for those three home games, let's let's make sure those three home games are three wins. You know, let's 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 try and make those three wins. Um, Remember, three wins, playoff odds go up. Go yeah, yeah. <laughs> that'd be great. Well, look, you get out there, you have an awesome time. You know, you scream your lungs down. You got to have a really, really attractive sounding voice like mine is right now. <laughs> that's you know still struggling two days later. Well, <laughs> good. Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> Fun time. Well, <laughs> as always. Well, as always, listeners, we just want to say thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to listen to our show. As always, you can listen to the show. On any podcast host, you can listen to us on YouTube uh, the following day. And always take the time out of your day to follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram at River City 93, and follow us respectfully if you want to. With that being said, we'll holler at you guys later. Uh,